Happy New Year's, thinkers. New year, new me, not so much, but I definitely got some things I'm going to work on, and we're going to talk about that on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Brought to you, as always, by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them at sportsmans.com or any one of 140 plus stores nationwide. They're the reason we can do what we do. Guys, it's a couple days before New Year's 2024. I can't believe <laughs> New Year's 2024 is already upon us, and um, sometimes I even scratch my head as to how we made it here, and I always get, um, I don't know what the word is, the older I get, I guess the more incredulous that we made another year, and uh, nothing has gone horribly wrong, and uh, and the world may not be exactly what it was the year before, or the year before that, but it is what it is, and we always continue to move forward, and I'm always happy to have a new year, because I do look like it like as a, maybe a, a turn-the-page thing, a move-forward thing. It's just a convenient stop and starting point, I suppose, for judging how everything is going in your life. I look at my birthday as the same way, which occurs here only a, not even a full month after New Year. So I kind of look at that as the same way. And it becomes a time of year where I look, and same as a lot of other people, by the way. I don't claim to be unique in this. Uh, that I look at a lot of aspects of the past year and look at how I can maybe improve those in the coming year. And those aspects could be anything from my business to my personal life to my hunting and fishing endeavors to my cooking to whatever the case might be. I look at all of the above, look at what went right, what went wrong, and what should I fix and what should I not fix? And uh, what is worth just leaving behind and not even trying to fix it? as opposed to certain things that, hey, we need to get that taken care of. And uh, and I've got a long list of stuff. But since this is a fishing podcast, and I've morphed it a little bit over the last two years into a little bit of a outdoors in general podcast, I'm going to go into some of that stuff this year. And first, I need to start a little bit with what what happened this in the past year for me that is the root of where the changes or the, the uh, endeavors in the coming year will come from. First and foremost, because of a lot of different things that went on, really didn't have anything to do with any one specific thing, uh, I traveled less this year in terms of fishing and hunting trips than I have in many years. Normally, we travel a lot, and this last year, I didn't. I didn't make it to Alaska this year. I didn't make it to anywhere really truly exotic. I did get off to Florida, which I do every year. A couple times, I guess three times, but um, but we want to definitely make sure we get involved with our travel. And I'm not even 100% sure why. Some of it was just timing of some of the trips I wanted to go on just wasn't going to work out. Some of it was uh, some personal stuff, some health stuff, a bunch of different stuff. But at the end of the day, I traveled less in 2023 in terms of distance travel anyway than I have in a long time. And part of it was we were building out the new Tundra. That may have had some to do with the, cutting some of my road trips back, although we did still make some big road trips in the new truck. Uh, did manage to get a road trip into Minnesota. Uh, drove all the way across the Dakotas. A little bit of time in central Kansas, some time in southwest Nebraska, but not really what I would consider significant adventurous travel. So one of the things I want to get back to this coming year 
is to for sure travel some. And I'm going to recommend you do as well. And, and let me back up a quarter step here. Part of the reason I'm telling you all these things about me is so that you can consider them for yourself. I'm not saying they're right for you or not, but it is something that maybe if you consider, you might find is, uh, is worth your time. And for me, I need to get back to traveling more. And the reason is this, inspiration. You know, we talk all the time, YOLO, you're only going to live once, who knows how long, blah, 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 all of those things. Well, travel, for me and a lot of other people that I know, particularly people close to me, uh, traveling to hunting and fishing destinations specifically um, are really what what keep us going, for lack of a better way to put it. As much as I love to fish local, uh, it, it's just not the same inspiration for me to fish as hard, to fish with as open of a mind, um, to, to just really pay attention to the details. I've lived on the same lake for 20 years this March. It'll be 20 years I've lived on the same lake. And it's a couple thousand acres. It moves up and down 60 vertical feet a year. So it, it will keep you honest as an angler. It's not an easy lake. But after 20 years of living overlooking it and 30 years of fishing it and uh, almost 20 years of those guiding on it, it's gotten to where I'm just not real inspired necessarily to fish in my local water. I know nine out of 10 times I can go out and catch fish, how I'm going to catch them, where I'm going to catch them. And that doesn't really inspire me. And so the travel, on the other hand, when you go particularly places that hold significant promise of adventure, um, they get me inspired. And I've often joked that there's multiple parts, or maybe not even joked, maybe I theorize that there's multiple parts to travel, right? There's, um, there's the anticipation, which is very, very important, uh, adds to the value of the whole thing. And that takes place while you're preparing. So the anticipation and preparation kind of go hand in hand. And at that point, your brain's already stimulated by the travel because of, of what goes into getting ready for it. Then there's the participation, which occurs while you're actually there, which we don't need to discuss. That goes without, uh, without saying that that's the part we're all really into and the obvious part that we feel like maybe that we're paying for when we go to travel somewhere. And then the final part is the reflection, and that's the part you'll have for the rest of your life. So if I look at a trip, and let's say that trip costs $1,000 for me to go somewhere. I don't look at that $1,000 on a, let's say it's a five-day trip we're going to be on somewhere. I don't look at that as $200 a day. That's not how I would look at that. I would look at that as that $1,000 is going to provide me with all of the anticipation and preparation time that's gonna fire up my brain, the actual participation while I'm there, and the lifelong memories that'll likely occur because I took the time to go someplace cool. So after adding all that up, I need to get back to traveling more because let's say I am gonna fish local and it doesn't even have to be my home lake. It could be anywhere within say a three hour drive of where I live or four hour drive, stuff I've been fishing forever. There's almost no preparation, almost no uh, anticipation that goes with it. And unless something really epic happens that day, there's really not a lot of, of reflection that goes into it either. So yeah, the participation side of it is fun. Even that's not as stimulating though, because I, again, I, I know what I'm getting into. There's not the, the sense of the unknown or the potential for really crazy stuff to happen. And again, something could happen. You could catch the biggest trout, let's say you've ever seen in that body of water, or whatever the case might be. But still, it's not the same as, say, going somewhere to, you know, the Florida Keys or something and um, 
it's, uh, you know, where it's very inspiring to go. And you're like, yeah, okay, this is going to be epic. And I've been to the Florida Keys a lot ever since I was a kid. But the potential for something epic to happen there is huge. You just never know when a 10-foot-long shark is going to eat whatever you're catching. Uh, or, a, you know, whatever. Whatever the case might be. I once threw a 3-inch gold minnow in front of a 6-foot-long shark and he ate it. So you just don't expect that to happen. But that's why you go to places like that. Same thing with Alaska or in some cases even places in, in northern Minnesota or Canada or wherever it might be. Wherever your destinations that, that, that capture your imagination that's what you need to, to, to consider on getting on your books, or at least that's what I need to get on my books. And there's lots of places in the lower 48 that still have my imagination that I haven't been to that I would love to go visit. And, uh, and so I need to get back to traveling. It's all there is to it. I need to travel more. And so for 2024, that's one of the goals. Get back in the truck or get back in the plane and go to more places. Along those same lines... In 2023, I didn't get as many days on the water either. Um, something like 40 or 50 days short of my normal fishing load. Part of that was really wet spring. We got we had a really wet spring and summer where I live. I'm like really like like record book rain and cold temperatures, and that didn't really get me super motivated to get out in the boat locally. And I didn't travel, so between the two, I didn't spend as much time. It's not not as much fun to go stand in the river when it's 50 degrees and raining when it should be 75 degrees and sunny out. And we ran into a lot of that this year, so I didn't fish locally as much as well. But at the end of the day, what that did to me and where the lesson is, is the days I did get out, I didn't fish as well. And it goes right back to the fact of the only way to be good at fishing is time on the water. You can watch every video I've ever produced and everybody else has ever produced at the same time. Listen to every podcast, read every magazine, but if you don't go spend a bunch of time on the water, you can't apply that knowledge to the situation, and therefore it is almost worthless knowledge. So it's great book knowledge. It reminds me of my editor, Mo. Uh, She is not a fisherman by any stretch of the imagination. She has fished like eight times in her entire life, uh, and she's my age, meaning I won't I won't disclose, but she, she's old enough to have fished more. Let's just say, and she but she, her book knowledge is huge because she's been editing my show for for sixteen years, and so she knows lots about what fishing is supposed to be, what lure fits, what conditions, this, that, and the other. But it's all book smarts. In the real world, when she looks at the situation, she can't put it together, and that includes having all those edit sessions with me, and we edit every single show together. For all of those years, hundreds of shows, three almost 400 shows she's edited, and yet she can't put it together on the water because she hasn't spent time on the water. And it showed in my angling this year that when I had a significant reduction in my days on the water, for whatever reason that is, it showed in the days that I was on the water in my general rustiness. I just flat wasn't as sharp. My mechanical skills weren't as sharp. My decision skills weren't as sharp. My confidence wasn't as sharp because I knew that I was lacking time on the water. And time on the water is the best way to build confidence. So I will for sure get back to more time on the water. And if the weather is crappy, then that's what they make clothes for. I've got all kinds of Gore-Tex and wool and polypropylene and everything else. I can stay dry and I can stay warm. It's pretty easy to sit in the house and watch it raining out there and decide you're not going. Uh, 
but we're going this year regardless, and I'm not uh, not going to mess with that. It's very evident. And I want to also point out that I had the worst big game hunting season I've had in like 12 or 13 years. And I think that's part of the same thing because I'm of the opinion that hunting and fishing utilize a lot of the same skills. And some of those skills I need to work on uh, coming you know forward in 2024 because at the end of the fishing season, the hunting season rolled around and I was making some of the same mistakes in terms of lack of confidence, uh, a little bit of mechanical stuff, although I did hit the only big game animal I shot at perfectly, dropped it in its tracks. I didn't get to shoot at very many of them this year because I didn't hunt very well. And some of that was conditions as well, but those are all excuses. Conditions are there all the time. The reality is, as a hunter, I'm a lifelong big game hunter. I should know how to deal with those conditions, and I didn't do a great job of doing that because I feel like I was a little bit rusty all the way around. So time in the field, time in the water, they're related. Uh, The powers of observation are key, and that's the next big one. When you're not on the water or you're not in the woods, your powers of observation get rusty. And the powers of observation, in my opinion, is the single biggest thing I've noticed in hardcore outdoorsmen that are very successful. The guys that are most successful are extremely observant. And I got lackadaisical about my powers of observation, about observing and really consciously observing what's going on around me. And that is a huge statement, in my opinion. Um, I go on guide, I take guided fishing trips a lot. I take people out guiding, right? Uh, what I notice most of the time is they don't notice hardly anything. A lot of the people that don't fish very often, they don't notice 8 out of 10 of the changes uh, that occur around them that me as an angler, as a fishing guide, are paid to notice and adjust them for. And so I try to point things out. And I didn't guide as much this year because of the weather either. That was part of my lack of time on the water. And so my powers of observation dropped off and, and, and consciously utilizing my powers of observation and thinking through, okay, all of a sudden all the birds are up or the watercolor changed or a couple of clouds started moving over the sun for the first time in the day or the wind shifted 45 degrees or 90 degrees or whatever the little things all around you are, a little change in your rod, how you're holding your rod or how you're working your bait or how maybe the other guy in, is working his bait or... Uh, whatever. Differences in how the fish are set up on the sonar versus how they were. Just little things, though. We're not talking about giant changes. Everybody will notice the big changes. It's it's the little changes over the course of a day that you not only notice, but then you file away as to, hey, how will this affect my fish? So not only do you have to observe it, but then you have to think it through and say, okay, well, did this is this going to affect what, how I'm doing, what I'm doing right now? Is this going to affect where my big game is? Is this going to affect where my fish are, how they bite? And think all of that through. But you have to make the observation first, and then you can decide whether it's a change or not a change. And some are not. Some things you'll observe, you can immediately write off and say, no, that, that, that shouldn't matter, or my fish will play right through that. Other things you're going to look at and go, I know this one and I need to make an immediate change because of it. For instance, let's say the sun's been out all morning and you're wrecking fish on a chrome jerkbait and all of a sudden the clouds come over. Why know that one? You immediately take that chrome one off and you put a white one on or a bone colored one or something with a with a more solid color to it and then you start fishing the same jerkbait and guess what? Your bites will come back just as fast as they were when the sun was out 99% of the time. If you keep fishing that chrome one, you're going to run out of fish that notice it so much, and lo and behold, your bites will drop. So 
being observant to notice those things and then knowing how they will affect your bite is going to be important. Time in the water will tell you how they're going to affect your bite and it will make you more observant, which again helps you out with both things. But it's a conscious effort to be observant. So that's one of the things you need to focus on, uh, or I will intend to focus on this coming year, is getting back to being very observant. And one of the things I do to help me with that is literally just go sit on the side of the lake and observe every nuance I can observe, every little thing. Is the kingfisher roosted, or is he chirping around, making noise, and flying around? Is there a breeze or not a breeze? And just watch, just literally watch the world go by. The same thing happens uh, with with animals of all kinds. I can pretty closely tell you what's going to happen with the weather just by watching the deer in my valley. And I have a very, um, uh, let's say, visible group of mule deer that live in my valley. I can tell you pretty quickly that the wind's going to shift pretty hard uh, or the weather's going to set in hard or it's going to set in for days or whatever the case might be. Uh, just by watching the deer. I can tell you when the wind's shifting around by how nervous they get versus blowing from one direction. There's all kinds of things that I can notice just in one herd of deer uh, that will tell me a lot about what the weather is going to do. And Or conversely, I can look at the weather and say, hey, this weather's coming in. I bet the deer are going to be up, and I can go get the spotting scope and start looking, or the binoculars, as the case might be, and lo and behold, there's a deer up where they're doing exactly what I thought. It is excellent practice to just observe nature and try to predict what's going to happen, and you can go either way. You can try to predict the, 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 let's say the weather based on the animals, or you can try to predict the animals based on the weather. Either way, excellent practice, and something I've spent most of my life working on, and I just got lackadaisical in 2023. So that's the next thing I will focus on. Uh, another one, and again, lack of time on the water, but I see this on every single guide trip. I've beat this drum for 15 or more years. Uh, physical skills, the physical ability to handle your fishing tackle efficiently. And, and now, somebody, everybody listen to this, somebody say, oh, I fish fine, I fish fine. Okay, I'm sure you do. But if you're listening to this, I feel like you want to catch more fish or you wouldn't be listening to me talk. And if you want to catch more fish, get better at your casting. And almost without question, there's, there's maybe a handful of people I guide every year. I always ask people what their skills are. And then I stop in the middle of the lake somewhere and have them make some throws so I get an idea. Across the board, everybody uh, overstates their ability to put a lure where they need to put it or to control their line or know where it is in the water column or all of those things. Those things are all your mechanical skills that, again, take practice. And some of that is time on the water, but some of it is not. Some of it is like casting accuracy. I'm getting ready right now for the International Sportsman's Expo here in a couple weeks. I'll be doing casting demos there, um, casting basically classes, seminars, whatever you want to call them. And... I've been fishing my whole life. I consider myself a good caster. I've won the the best in the West, or not the best West, excuse me, the um, combo casting challenge a couple times that involves both spinning rods, casting rods, and fly tackle. And I've won that thing, uh, what, 50% of the time they've held it. I consider myself a decent caster, but you know what? I've still got a rod set up, and I'm still practicing in the yard right now so that when that rolls around, my skills are sharp. My casting accuracy is sharp. And if I don't fish much because the lake's closed and I don't fish much for the next two weeks, I guarantee I won't win that contest. But if I go out there and I make 20 casts a day in the evening, 
that alone will do enough to keep my accuracy there, my feel, my, my general feel of the rod and the line and all those things in hand. The other thing is it makes you more efficient. It makes me a quicker caster. Um, getting the bail where it needs to be or your hands in the right position or all of that, it's all muscle memory. A, a bow hunter, same thing. You shoot your bow a bajillion times, even though you can shoot bullseyes because you're just building the muscle memory it takes to do it efficiently, and that's the same thing with a fishing rod. So I don't want to have to think about a cast. I just want to do it. So I might be out here practicing skip casting on the pavement because it's a lot harder on pavement than it is on on uh, water. So all of those things, I will practice them to get my physical skills in shape. The other thing is even stupid stuff like tying knots quickly, handling lures quickly, all of those things, um, they require practice to keep you sharp on. And so I will focus on that in 2024. And that will start basically now, right after the first of the year, and will carry me all the way through. And by the time we're fishing a whole bunch again, uh, I will be sharp physically, and that's an important thing for me to keep in mind. Your depth perception's good, your muscle memory's there, your just feel of handling a rod all the time is there, and you just become more efficient. And, and it just makes it more enjoyable for your day in the water. Also, for the record, will save you money because it'll keep you from tangling so much line and things like that because you practiced uh, during an off season. Now, somebody's going to throw out there, well, I don't have time to practice on ice fishing. Okay, good for you. I'm going to tell you right now, that's still a form of outdoor activity. It's still good for your powers of observation and how they, you know, all the stuff I talked about in the first half of this. I personally don't ice fish, so I don't have that for me. So I focus on other things. I'm not comfortable on the ice. I grew up in South Florida. I don't like the ice. I don't even like the cold for that matter. So I don't ice fish. So I don't get any outdoor experience unless I go out and do some rabbit hunting or squirrel hunting or as I said just sit and watch and really pay attention a little bit every chance I get to see if I can predict correctly what the animals are going to do or vice versa. So um, I'm going to recommend that you get some physical practice in it based on my average clientele maybe not so much in 2023 because it was only my hardcore guys that really went the guys have gone out with me a lot of times and most of them I've drilled a bunch on their casting accuracy and things over the years and they've got it figured out but I guarantee you right now if you if you get your physical skills sharp like really sharp uh, in the off season when you get ready to start fishing in spring you will be uh, doing very good so uh, that's another thing that I need to work on going forward in this coming year. And then the last one is just a discipline thing. And a discipline goes back to not going out when the rain's going uh, or whatever the case might be. Also, it involves your preparation. And I kept thinking to myself, hey, we're off to a late start. I just didn't, I wasn't as good with getting all my stuff organized, my tackle preparation. And in my case, that's a bigger job than a lot of people's because I do it for a living for one. And I fish everything from trout to bass, maybe in the same week. Uh, maybe in multiple states, um, you know, I could be salmon fishing in Alaska one day and walleye fishing in Minnesota the next day and tarpon fishing in Florida, you know, a month later. So I have a little bit more tackle than most, most people do to organize, but that also means it's a bigger task and I need to stay on top of it because there's more stuff to lose track of. And that's pretty easy to get lazy on. I don't, I'm not a huge organization person. That's not something that, I'm, I thrive on, I don't like clutter and I don't like a mess, but I'm not necessarily 100% organized. I'm fortunate in that I have a, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but in my brain is if I see it or I read it, I'll remember it for a long time. So if I have seen it somewhere in my boat, I can find it. Well, I get lackadaisical about 
leaning on that instead of putting it always where it goes. And over time, I don't care how sharp your brain is at, at recognizing stuff that your eyes see, it does not make you more efficient as an angler. And more efficient anglers have more fun, catch more fish, and spend less money on their angling time. So that's a that's a big one as well. And I just need to stay more organized this coming year. So that's kind of my goals for this coming year. I only bring them out so that you can consider them and maybe use my own goals for some you know, application in your own angling. I'm not suggesting that my goals are right for you or, or anything like that, but they're, that's kind of how I look at my outdoor stuff. I look at big picture stuff. I don't look at it and go, okay, I need, I need you know, 10 more lures for this depth range or something like that. No, I'm, I'm all about the big picture because at the end of the day, if I focus on the fundamentals, the observation and the physical ability and the decision making and, and all of that, I'll catch more fish. Even if I have one lure in the boat, I'll catch more fish. If I know where my tackle is, I know what condition it's in, I know the line was put on there on X date and I can fish with confidence that this monofilament is not a year old, it's only a week old or whatever the case might be, uh, very important for your confidence there as well. And really, when push comes to shove, confidence comes from considering all of these things and confidence catches fish. And I did not fish particularly confidently this year. I did a lot of testing, didn't fish a lot of confident confidently this year because I wasn't necessarily using baits that I was real confident in. I hadn't been on the water as much, all the things we've already talked about. For the record, I didn't hunt as confidently this year either, and it showed, I could tell. And uh, by the end of eight days of hunting deer, and with nothing to show for it, um, it was a, an eye-opener that, hey, you need to get your confidence back. And that comes from all of the things we've already talked about here. So, it's the end of 2023. As far as I'm concerned, good riddance has not been my best year, has not been my worst year. Nothing horrible happened, but it hasn't necessarily been a fantastic year either. So I'm ready for that one to be passed. I'll learn from it, move on, and, uh, and go with an open mind. Focus on what's directly in front of me and, uh, and look forward all the time. What's behind you is not so important as long as you learned from it and you can move forward, and that's for sure where we're at, and I hope you guys will do the same thing. So uh, if you guys want to join the conversation, I would appreciate that very much. That's at Fishful Thinker on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and especially YouTube. We're still working on that YouTube channel, guys. We're going to keep working on that thing. We'd love for you to subscribe there. One of the goals for this, this year is to go ahead and start filming these podcasts so I can actually show you stuff. Um, I don't know if that'll be helpful or not, but I'm going to try it. And so that's a goal that we're going to do. Those will start going up on YouTube, and you'll be able to see them there. But I'd appreciate you checking that out. Also, I want to point out new seasons of Fishful Thinker Television debut first week of January on Altitude Sports and Entertainment in 10 states, uh, 10 western states, as well as on the sports packages around the country. And also World Fishing Network, which is again on various sports packages around the country and uh, and seven countries around the world. All new seasons, 13 new shows. Uh, and then parts of those shows will show up on the YouTube channel uh, during the weeks that they're airing as well. So hopefully you guys will check all of that out. So happy holidays, happy new year. New year, new me, not so much, but maybe new year, slightly better me. So thanks for tuning in. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. <laughs>